This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. It is the word of truth. I am. I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. I can do. I can do. What it says I can. What it says I can. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And not a doubter. And not a doubter. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. And not just a hearer. And not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm a I'm mature in the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by. And hearing by. The word of God. The word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. We thank God. Thank God. Amen. Well, our scripture text today uh, comes from Genesis the ninth chapter, verse 1, Genesis 9, verse 1. And I've told you before that uh, in this particular study, I did most of my research from the uh, African Heritage Study Bible. You know, over the years I've studied God's Word from many different writers of the Bible, all the way from the Reary Bible to the Schofield Bible, to, you know, you name it, I probably got that Bible back there somewhere. But for this particular series, I decided to look at the Bible from a different perspective. And because most of my journey with the Lord, I've always looked at the Bible from a Eurocentric perspective and not necessarily an Afrocentric perspective. And so this whole series is kind of looking at the Bible from an Afrocentric centric perspective. Can everybody handle that? Sometimes it's hard for us to handle something that may be a little different when we've always looked at something from one perspective. And especially when your mind has been been conditioned to interpret certain things a certain way. So so I just want to be clear and let everybody know where the study come from, because I know for some people, it's hard to accept, it's hard to understand why would you talk about the Bible from this perspective. And I'm going to explain that. But at the same time, I was thinking about my youth, how I was programmed. You know, as a little boy, I used to root for Tarzan. I was conditioned to root for Tarzan. I was conditioned to believe that the people he was dealing with were ignorant and had no skills at all. And that one man man. can go over and yell Uh and a whole continent continent. (laughs) one man I never thought about going outside and being the king of the tribe that he was talking to. I was trying to figure out how can I swing But now that I'm older, I got a different perspective. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons. Somebody say blessed. blessed. Not only did he bless Noah, he blessed his sons. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So they were all blessed, amen? amen. And said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, this is going to be our fourth sermon in this series that uh, concerning uh, or connecting to African American or Black History Month. And I have said, as Americans, uh, we generally began African history with slavery. But uh, as Christians and as children of God, African history begins with creation and the introduction of mankind into the earth. The Bible says that God planted a garden eastward in Eden. So Eden was a big territory, but inside of that big territory, he planted a garden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, when I studied, I found out that Eden flows from the region of the Blue and White Nile rivers over to the Tigris-Euphrates rivers. So when I think about the Blue and White Nile, now that I understand, I got to understand that is flowing from the land of Cush. And when I do my research, I got to know that Cush is another way of saying Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Or sometime in ancient culture, that land was called the land of Nubia. Uh-huh. Uh, Nubians lived there. Right. And so Nubians living there and Ethiopians living there is a code to let you know uh-huh. that we're talking about black folk. Y'all hold on, I'm going somewhere. So it flows from Ethiopia over to what we call now modern day Iraq. Now my objective is simply to show that we are in the blessing. Amen? I've said that in our culture, many of our young people are being discouraged and dissuaded, and they're being told not to get on this course of religion called Christianity. They're being told that It is a religion that is used to keep people in a docile and subjugated state of mind because at one time it was used to represent people of African descent as inferior, inhumane, and relegated to a life of servitude. Now most of this thinking was perpetuated by uh, erroneous teaching called the Hermetic Curse which alleged that when Noah cursed Ham, son, Canaan, somebody say Canaan. When Noah cursed Ham's son, Canaan, the descendant of Ham were all cursed and they became black. Now that used to be taught in Bibles that I bought a long time ago and I didn't think nothing of it. But then with that came the mindset that we as black people are cursed people. And so normally everything that's associated with black is always associated with evil. We would prefer a white cat over a black cat. And we were told if a black cat crossed your path, you know, you know, you would prefer an angel food cake over a devil. Who told you that chocolate is a devil food? Someone put that in your head. And so when I did my research, the only thing that normally come back with a positive connotation for black is money. When you're operating in the black, that's, you don't want to be operating in the, y'all understand what I'm talking about. So, So we got to understand that people use that curse to justify the enslavement of millions of people of color. Now, I I understand that the Bible is God's holy word, and it's multicultural, 
and it's written for all mankind because Jesus died for all mankind. But somebody say, but. But in this series, I am primarily highlighting descendants of who? And for relevance, I call him Blackham. Since they said that he was cursed and we all became black every. And my job is to show you that in the Bible, black hound folk played a key role when they worked with God's folk. Amen. And so we're going to talk about this, not from a racist viewpoint, but from a viewpoint of racial pluralism, multiculturalism, and inclusiveness. Because we are in the blessing. I said so often, as we and our children read the Bible, a mental movie is being played in our minds. And because of social engineering and a Eurocentric viewpoint, the Bible often, we often assume that most of the characters of note of prominence are white. Because most of the art and most of the movies based upon biblical story, stories rarely cast Ham's descendants in a positive and powerful light. Amen. And last week, uh, our primary focus was on Joseph and his story. Uh, as he was down in Egypt mixing and mingling with Ham's children. And, and, and time don't permit me to go back and retell the story, but in order for you to connect the dots of where I'm trying to go, I encourage you all to just go back and listen to the podcast or listen to it so you can have connected knowledge. So as I talk today, everything will continue to make sense. Amen? And my goal is to try to ensure that I make sense over sound. So now today we're going to take our journey in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus. And we're going to start at Exodus chapter 2, verse 5 through 10. I let, let me just lead up and tell you the story. Now the generation of Joseph and his brothers had died. And over time, a pharaoh came to power. And when you see pharaoh, Egyptian pharaoh, they don't look like the movies that you've been looking at. One of Ham's kids was still in power. And he did not care or know anything about Joseph. But what he was concerned about was the Hebrews were being fruitful and multiplying. And they became mightier in numbers. So he feared that if war broke out, they would side with their enemies. So here's why I consider one of Black Ham's descendants using some faulty logic and made a decision to afflict Abraham's descendant with severe burden, in other words, slavery. And so as they served him in slavery, he continued to put more and more on them. But the more he put on them, the more they multiplied. So he told the Hebrew midwives, when a child is born, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it's a daughter, let her live. Now the midwives feared God more than Pharaoh. So they did not follow Pharaoh's command. Pharaoh would get upset and then now he charged all the people that whenever they find a son born in 
to the Hebrew culture. They were to cast them in the river. But the daughters could live. Now during this time, Moses was born and his mother had hid him for about three months. But she could no longer hide him, so she built a little ark. Put him in it, y'all know the story. Laid him in the river, in the grass areas, on the bank. Now she had his sister watching to see who was going to come and find him. God had it set up so that, well, guess who daughter came and found him? Y'all ought to know the story. Y'all just didn't know how to depict the characters. You know the story. You just... So Pharaoh's daughter, one of Black Ham's kids, find Moses. And what we see is that Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on Moses, even though her daddy said, y'all in verse 5 of chapter 2, look what it said. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess, somebody say princess. Man, our kids got to see princes that look like them. Everybody shouldn't get in an up- uproar when a princess in a movie start to look like our kids. Because they're just telling the truth. Uh-huh. Amen. 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 And your children should not be ashamed to call and see themselves as princes. Amen. 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 Doctors, lawyers. Yes. We can do more than just take care of somebody's house. Amen. It was easy to pick, to pick us in movies taking care of somebody's house. But it's hard to depict us in a movie as a king uh-huh. or a queen or princess. But the Bible says she was a princess. Yeah. Amen? And I'm saying because they said she's the descendants of Ham, uh-huh. I'm just going to draw a straight line that she was a black princess. Because they said that. I'm just going with what they told me. And so he said, when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maids to, to get it for her. Look at verse 6. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. She probably knew that that was a Hebrew child. She knew it. She could have just drowned and just dropped him in the river. But the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Somebody say compassion. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then verse 7 says, then the baby's sister, that's Miriam, approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. The princess replied, yes, do. So the girl went and called the baby's who? Boy, y'all got to see God working in this thing. The boy's sister found him with the princess and then went to go get his mama. And guess what? The mama finna get paid. For taking care of her own? Is that welfare? <laughs> but, but look at it now. I'm just joking. I just I thought we, we don't want to be on welfare. But if people need help, we ought to have a system that allow them to be. He says, take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. 
So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. Verse 10 says, later, the prince now go out and, and, and adopt this boy. When the baby was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own. The princess named him, who? The princess named him. For she explained, I lifted him out the river. Now some writers say Moses may have had another name that was given to him by his mother and father. But the Bible don't record but one name. The one that was given to him by the Black Ham's child named Moses. Now that would change your whole perspective if you saw that in a movie that one of the main characters in the Bible was named by somebody that looked just like Now, you know, Moses being adopted, he was raised in the Egyptian culture. We saw last week that, you know, the Egyptians had doctors, mathematicians, science. You know, it was very smart people to build a pyramid. So when we get this notion in our mind that people of color are dumb, ignorant, can't learn, people just didn't read the Bible. And even in Acts, it talks about Moses was taught in the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and actions. So, so Moses was brought up in a system that allowed him to be highly intelligent and that system was governed by Ham's children. Y'all all say amen. I know it's hard to say, man, because I got to change the movie around. You know, some of this stuff got edited, and I just got to put it back in the movie. Amen. Amen. You know, if you get edited out and you don't know, I'm just putting it back in the movie. It was on the editing floor. They knew it. Amen. So as this thing plays out in the process of time, Moses grows up. And he's in the court of Pharaoh's. He lived in the palace and enjoyed all the benefits that would come with being Pharaoh's adopted grandson. See, and one day he went out among his brethren. Y'all know the story. You saw this in the movies coming up. And he found one of the Egyptians cruelly beating a Hebrew. So he looked around and decided that, hey, I'm not going to forget where I come from. So he went over and he killed the Egyptian. And he buried him in the sand. And now the next day he goes out and he sees two Hebrews fighting. And so he decides that he's going to challenge or correct or stop the fight and tell the guy that was in the wrong, hey, why are you beating up your brother like that? You know, somebody needs to tell our kids that today. Why are y'all beating each other? Up like that? Why are you shooting each other like that? Why you got to have colors this color versus that color and this? All of a sudden now we got to shoot. So when he tried to stop the process, the guy said to him, who do you think you are that you can rule over us? Are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? Now Moses figured that the news is going to get out so he got to get out of town. Amen. So in 
Exodus chapter 2, verse 15, look at what this says. It says, Moses now needs to be delivered. And so what he does, he leaves and go to a place called Midian. When you look at Midian, Midian, Ethiopia kind of had the same region, same area as times and cultures change, name change. But you know Midian, when I told you in part two of this, after Sarah died, Abraham married a woman of Hermetic descent named what? Keturah. And Keturah had six sons. One of the sons' name was Midian. So now we find Moses interacting and intermingling and going to be interrelating to the Midianites. And we're going to see these Midianites' lines run very close, very, very close to the Ethiopians. Amen. In this passage, we're going to see another scripture reference that the differences between people in these regions were more cultural than racial. Amen. Race is a construct that came into the picture years later. The Bible never talked about mankind as races. I told you it talked about them by nation, by clans, by tribes, things of that nature. But it never talked to them about color. Man added that to keep people separated and divided. So now guess what Moses does? He, he goes to Midian. And in chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what, Moses, what had happened. And he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live. Somebody say to live. To live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Verse 16, we're going to see Moses acting as a deliverer again, 16 and 17. He says this. Now, the Midian, the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water trough for their father's flock. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. In other words, they were going to tell them to take advantage of the girl's labor. They didn't already fill the troughs, so they're going to run them away and then now come and bring their animals to drink the water that the girls done put in there. But guess what? Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds, doing what he was called to do, to be that rescuer, that deliverer. Then he drew water from the flocks. Now look at this. When the girls returned to rule their father, he asked, why are you back? so soon today. Then they responded, and who? Egyptian. Somebody shout aloud. An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherd. And they, they answered, and then, they drew, then he drew water for us and watered our flock. Now get this. Moses was recognized by them girls as an Egyptian. Now, I ain't going to go too far and say that Moses was, you know, I ain't going to say that. That'll upset too many folk. But I'm going to say, by nationality, Moses wasn't he. He was born in Egypt. He was raised in Egypt. He was, everything took place his life was in. He had never been to the promised land. No different than a person whose parents may be from Puerto Rico or anywhere. If you're born in America, you ain't never stepped foot in Puerto Rico. 
You're an American. By ethnicity, you can be whatever you want to be. But by nationality, by nationality, Moses was an Egyptian. Okay, that's what the Bible says. I know look, some of y'all got that look on your face, but let me read on. An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and he drew the water for us and watered our flock. Then where is he, their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Let him come and break bread. You know, you can sit down with people and break bread with them. You can understand a whole lot about a person if you just sit down and talk to them. That's why it's good if you got something going on with a person, you got issue with them, invite them to lunch. Feed them. People attitude change when they eat. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, they, they invite them to, 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 to a meal. Let him come and eat with I'm just trying to help somebody here. Because on this Sunday, not somebody in the house, one of you online, you got some issues with somebody that you work with. And I'm just telling you, all you need to do is just take them to lunch. Trust me, take them. And after you feed them, you pay for the lunch now. <laughs> I got to make that clear. Some of y'all invite them to lunch and they expect to pay. No, if you take them, you So they invited this Egyptian to come and eat with them. Now look at this. Moses accepted the invitation. He didn't turn it down. Well, you know, I ain't one of y'all. I don't even eat what y'all eat. Y'all don't eat like us Egyptians. Keep going, pal. We got our own food. That's right. That's true. Don't we? We're going to have them sold. And people equate certain parts of certain animals as, as ours. But you know what? When you boil it down, everybody likes soul. Amen. Amen. Some of just hide and eat it, but they may not like the chitlins, but they, but they. Moses accepted the invitation. And he settled there with them. Somebody say settled there. That means he wasn't planning on going back to Egypt no time soon. In time, rule gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah, to become his wife. Huh? Now, if these was cursed folks, surely Moses would have had enough sense not to marry a cursed person. And God didn't have no problem with Moses marrying this. Y'all, y'all, don't, don't be scared. He didn't have no problem with Moses marrying one of Black Ham's descendants. Amen. So I say that to tell people who are interrelated married. I don't like to use interracial because we start putting colors to it. God ain't got no problem with who you marry. Amen. You love, I mean, he ain't got no problem. You know, the biggest problem that they had with people, cultural and religious type thing. So that you may want to do some thinking before you marry someone that don't believe like you believe. But let that be a roadblock, not the color of the persons. God had a problem. He could have stopped it right there. Say, Moses, don't you marry that. <laughs> that woman was, you know, obviously he didn't. 
Later she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. But Moses is going to dwell there, some say, about 40 years Moses lived amongst these people. And so when we look at Exodus chapter 4, years passed and the king of Egypt died. But the burdens of the people and slavery became even heavier. And they started to cry out to the Lord for help. And the Bible says their cry rose to God and he heard them and he heard their groaning. And then he remembered. He remembered the promise that he had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible said God looked down on them and knew it was time for someone to act as a deliverer. So one day Moses was out tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he received a call from God in the midst of a Somebody help me out. I know y'all know the story. Y'all just didn't know who the character was. Y'all didn't know his nationality. Y'all just didn't know. It was a good possible. So God had this conversation with Moses where he had to convince him that he had to go back to Egypt to deliver the children. So Moses left his family, but he took, you know, took his wife, kids. But it appears that Moses neglected to do something. And by him neglecting to do what he was supposed to do in reference to circumcising his son, God was so upset with that brother JP. He said he was about to kill Moses. I mean, he was about to kill the deliverer. This is the guy who got to deliver the people out of 400 and some years of. And all because he just forgot, refused to, his wife told him not to. Nobody know why he didn't do it. But God saw circumcision as an important covenant. It was practiced even in Africa. Believe because Abraham spent a lot of time in Africa. Joseph spent a lot of time in Africa. So some of their cultural things and religious practices were picked up by the people that they were among. Some will argue that that practice was going on before they got there, but I won't argue that point. I'm just saying it was important to God Uh that the boy be circumcised. And so let's look at verse 24 of chapter 4 of Exodus. It says, on the way back to Egypt, At a place where Moses and his family stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him. Somebody said confronted him. And was about to kill him. Moses on death row. About to be killed. And guess who's going to save his life? One of Black Ham's children. Because she loved the boy. And if you got the ability to save your husband, your wife, you won't. She may not have thought circumcision was necessary during the early days, but when she saw how serious it was to God and what God was about to do to her, some say Moses was too weak to perform the act because he could have did it himself. But for some reason, whatever Moses would do, the Bible is not clear. All I know is what the Bible says. God was about to kill him. Amen. Can we agree with that? 
But, somebody say but in verse 25. But, Moses' wife, Sephora, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. Y'all know that I know you, ladies, y'all, I know y'all don't want that duty. But, 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 but. she touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are a bridegroom of blood for me. When she said bridegroom of blood, she was referring to the circumcision. And as if she was saying, We are now in this covenant. Maybe I wasn't didn't buy into it at first, but since I had to do this to save your life, we are truly in this covenant thing. And the Bible said, after she did that, the Lord left him. Somebody say, look at Ham's kid. <laughs> uh, I'm just rewriting the movie in your mind. Because I guarantee you, when you looked at the Ten Commandments, she didn't look like you. So you have been programmed not to see us in a role in, of significance. And I'm just saying, we're in the blessing. She saved the deliverers. That is not a small thing. Oh, Lord. <sighs> Mighty quiet in here. I hope we're learning, Amen. pondering, thinking, Amen. challenging some old dynamics, paradigms. So let me skip the numbers just to bring Moses' wife at the time into focus. Numbers chapter 12. And I want to close with this, uh, looking at this, because we're going to find an in-family rebellion taking place. And it looked like they had other reasons, Major, to rebel against Moses. But guess what? They chose to come against their brother all because of <laughs> his wife. They could have came at him for a whole lot of other reasons. Some say they were a little jealous because Moses was the top dog in the family tree. Even though he wasn't the oldest, he was God's appointed. And so therefore he was the leader of this family leadership team. Aaron acted as the high priest. Miriam was the praise leader. We saw that in Exodus early, and later we'll see that she really had led the praise. But so apparently, they didn't like something Moses was doing, Adrian. The Bible don't say clearly, but what it does say <laughs> is they chose to pick on him. And it looked like to me, Lachelle, if God had a problem with this little, <laughs> this little Ethiopian girl, he would have said, y'all just go ahead and Stay on, stay on until she want to go back home. Y'all just keep hating on her until she go. You know, some of y'all don't marry into families for them in-laws. Don't like you. And you know, <laughs> you know they don't like you. And they hoping you and bruh, or who, you and sis or whoever, just go ahead and split because they never liked you from the beginning. And now they're going to find a reason to come against you. And all because you done married her wrong. Some of y'all caught up in who y'all children marry. You know, there's nothing wrong if your children love someone they choose to marry down. I know I can look that look. Don't, don't get upset. I can feel it. I can feel the tension. 
I can feel it. Cause when I was coming up, we didn't know nothing about no marriage, up or down. What <laughs> no up or down? But now I guess our children got to think about this thing. Mom didn't want me to marry up. I done went to college, got my degree. Now I can't marry the dude. The dude just a high school graduate. He just a city laborer. I got a PhD. And I go home to mom and say, Mom, I'm finna, you know, I, I love old Henry over here. You know, Henry's a good dude, man. The dude look out for me. He out, he there for me. Anything I need, Henry is there. Yeah, but mom said, Henry ain't educated. Uh-huh. That ain't y'all. I know y'all ain't like that. But, but y'all got some friends like that. Amen. And we got to tell them that, that ain't, they shouldn't allow or force their children to, to marry someone based upon their status. I know that's going to be tough for some of y'all. It's going to be tough for some of y'all because y'all so classes, you know, y'all got this classes mentality. You know, if folks in the Bible had a problem with y'all, got a problem with it too. Amen. <laughs> now look at this. Look, let, me, let me read the Bible. Let me read the Bible. I just figured out kind of bring it home for a minute. Now look at this. In verse 1 of chapter 12 of Numbers, it says, Then Miriam, and, and the researchers say they call Miriam's name first because she was probably the ringleader. You know, she because <laughs> she was the one instigating this thing with her brother, you know what I mean? Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the, some of y'all about may say Cushites. And y'all read that Cushite don't mean nothing to y'all because you just don't know. You know, when you just don't know, you're just ignorant. You just, that's all I mean, you just don't. Some of your Bibles say Ethiopian woman. Some Bibles, even ancient Bible, may even say Nubian woman. But all that's to say is that this was one of Ham's children. Y'all following this so far? Said Moses, they was upset because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian. The family rebelling. And look how quick, you know, God going to step in here in a minute and he going to set the record straight. Now look at verse 2. So they said, has the Lord indeed, indeed spoken only through Moses? The question is leadership. Now, God ought to be talking to us too. I'm the praise leader. He talked to me. I'm the high priest. He talked to me, but all of a sudden now it looks like God just only talking through. If you got a problem with God talking through him, attack that. Why attack his wife? Be upset with God. Say, God, why are you only talking through Moses? I praise better than Moses. I'm the high priest. I go give the offering better than Moses. But instead of attacking it, what God has assigned them to do, from that angle, they attacked his Man, in the real, real, you know, some of y'all got some friends who don't attack their friend all because of who they. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all think on that for a minute because I know. I know. 
So they confront Moses. And then they said, has not the Lord spoken through us also? Now guess what? They should have kept their mouth shut because the Lord heard them. Now look at this. The Bible said the Lord heard it. Verse 3 says, now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who are on the face of the man. That's powerful right there. Man, if you're that humble, you got to believe that God's on your side. Because he said if you humble yourself in due time, he will ex- Humility is not a bad thing. Acting in humility, living a life of humility is not a bad and it's not weak when we act in humility. Some people look at it as weakness and so therefore that don't mean anything. If you want to get to the top of the ladder, humble yourself and believe that God can help you get to the top of the ladder. Don't live in a mindset that the ends justify the means. As long as I get to the top of the ladder, how I get there don't matter. But in reality, it does matter to God how you get to the top of the ladder. And you ought to get to the top of the ladder in a spirit of you. So the Bible says Moses was very humble, more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. Even in the New Testament that is recorded about Moses. Now, obviously, this thing upset God because he responded quickly and, and he, he summons them to him. And verse 4 says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out. They must have been in Moses' tent somewhere, somebody's tent. They were somewhere. You three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then verse 5 said, the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud, in a pillar of of cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle and he called who? Now you got to imagine walking into a courtroom. All three of them is coming in and the judge say Aaron and Miriam y'all come here. Moses standing back there say you know he called me. <laughs> they say they got to stand before the judge he didn't call me. That ain't the bad place. Major you ain't calling the major come here. Stand before me. Everybody else looking, they say, oh, Major, finna get it now. The judge done called him, done called him out. Out of the three that came in, y'all two, come on up here. I ain't got no problem with the third guy. I got a problem with y'all. Y'all come on up. You know, parents, some of you got multiple kids. You don't call them all out at the same time. You call the guilty one. Come on up. The others make that laugh. Yeah, he they, they got him. They don't got him this time. They, they, he, he about to get it. So God called them out. Now look. And they both went forward. Look what God says in defense of Moses. He says to them, hear now my words. And in this, I, from my old military days, I read through this and I saw this little, what we used to call a three-part I message. You know, they told us in the military when I went to the academies and all that, when you want to get some people's attention, you give them an I message. I said, do this. I said, come here. I, that's how you got to talk to your children sometimes when they know you're serious. And ain't your brother calling you 
I. We can learn something from God. God didn't have no problem with this. Look at this. Y'all in verse 6. He says, then he said, hear now the, my words. If there's a prophet among you, somebody shout I. I. I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. Then the next one say I. Somebody say I. I. I speak to him in a dream. In other words, when they're awake, if I want to talk to them, I give them a vision, Major. If they're asleep, I'd send them a dream. That's how I operate when I'm talking to my prophets and the people that I have anointed to do certain things. But he come back and says, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I, somebody say I again. I speak to him. Man, I don't have to talk to him in riddles. I don't have to talk to him through a messenger. I can talk to him face to face. I can talk to him through a bush face to face. I can take him up in the mountain and he don't eat for 40 days and I can talk to him. Why? Because he is faithful. He says, even plainly and not in dark sands. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Good God Almighty. The judge is talking now. He's telling them, hey, you guys ought to feel bad for opening your mouth against your brother. And it looked like you used his wife as the reason. And I ain't, he didn't mention nothing about Moses. God had no problem with Ham's children. God have a problem with people who practice evil no matter what color they are. But if he had a problem with Ham's children, this would have been a good time to say, Moses, when you leave here, you need to go back and cut her loose. The Bible says, so the anger of the Lord was arose against them. Who is it them? It makes it, Fabian make it look like God was so mad at him. Once he got through telling what he had to say, he didn't even let them open their mouth to defend themselves. He just left. You know, sometimes your children try to explain and you just walk away. I don't even want to hear nothing you got to say. I already know what I'm going to do. I don't want to hear. And then, but, 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 I don't want to hear. You done did the wrong thing now. You done messed with my servant Moses. And he is the most faithful guy on the face of the earth. And you had nerve to put your mouth on him. All because of the woman that he It would have been different if you was coming at him for his religious belief. Or you was coming at him because he had started changing the rules of circumcision. He had started breaking the covenant that was made. It would have been different. But all you got against him is his. Y'all need that spirit today when people start talking against who people marry. Because some of us, some of us, some of us, See, back in the day, I told you this, and I'm going to say it again for this audience. I had a problem with folks marrying across color line uh -huh. because I was conditioned that that just shouldn't happen because we had laws on the books. Right. 
that say that shouldn't happen. But I didn't do it because I had some religious hang. I wasn't spiritual about it. I did it because, hey, I just didn't like the way I saw them treated my granddaddy, my daddy. So I did it from a place I wasn't saved. I was a heathen. And so for my heathen mindset, whenever I saw someone marry across the line, I got upset. I was, I was ignorant. I was mad at the color and did not understand the relation. And there are people today who have not been delivered, but they are mad at the color. And they don't understand the relationship. And when you get into a relationship with God or with a person, you can look past their ethnicity. You can look past their color. You can look past their culture that they was brought up in because love transcends all of them. Y'all better hear the Lord today. Amen. You can give a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just say to you, we are in the blessing. If God had a problem with Ham's children, he had an opportunity to do something right here. He could have pulled Moses to the side. Say, Moses, you know you done married that girl, that, you know, that Cushite. You know what I told you about them? But that Cushite saved. I'm done with this one. I'm done with this. I'm going to leave that alone for now because uh, next week when Moses needed some help with all them radical folk, he didn't know how to break them up and get them to get in line. We didn't got them set free. He had to go to one of Black Ham's children and tell them, hey, this is what you need to And we don't know how to organize and arrange Build a chain of command. Yeah. When the Bible says. <laughs> so again, don't take my message in a negative way. Go back and listen to everything if you just this the first one. Because all I'm doing is just trying to refocus the movie that you've been looking at all your life. Uh-huh. And bring it in to perspective from another point of view other than just a Eurocentric viewpoint that you was brought up with. Amen? Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Every head bow and every eye closed.